0: Father, thank you for this awesome day and for all of your love and grace and mercy. Thank you for bringing all of those here that you have scheduled for this day. And all of those who will hear by and by uh, internet, whether it be on iTunes or SoundCloud or however they, they hear this message, Lord, we just know that your anointing uh, carries... Uh, over the waves and, and over the continents and we just know that you're blessing people and changing lives with your word because because it is the gospel is the power of god unto salvation and we thank you that we have come to know you as we have and we want to help others to do the same in jesus name amen i've been thinking a lot about christmas i love christmas we love christmas in my house like I said, anytime the world will take a month out and mention his name and song and decorations and things like that, no matter what their intent, we believe that we're going we're gonna get them all. Amen. He's worthy of uh, being recognized every day and uh, so I try to live my life that way in and, and thankfulness and gratitude for what he's done and I can't uh, I never met anybody that told me that they had become a, a Christian a real, real one <laughs> too bad you have to qualify that these days I'm not talking about just a church goer I'm talking about someone that had really come to know the Lord never had any of them tell me how much they missed the old days you know never More likely, the testimony I get is their only regret is having waited so long. That's my testimony. (laughs) But you know, he can do more with a day than we did with all the years we wasted. I've seen him turn entire lives and worlds around in a matter of seconds for the good. And I've seen it go the other way, which is not his doing. And that's something people need to get clear because I believe he gets blamed for a lot of things that aren't aren't his doing. Matter of fact, I know it. But I have a lot of precious memories about Christmas and I'm sure all of you do too. Somehow we always seem to drift to our childhood when we start thinking about those things that we get sentimental about. And of course my mom and my wives have passed on, and all of our parents are gone. But uh, and uh, some of our siblings even. But you know, we we really have a lot of precious memories about Christmas, about the the times spent mostly together. You know, you don't remember the gifts so much. You know, you might remember. I think you remember some that you gave more than you, the ones that you got, you know, because giving is a special thing. It seems to focus on the, the get, getting, but really we remember the giving more so and the time spent with loved ones and the events and things like that. The, the food, you know, the, the smells of Christmas, the sights of Christmas, the lights and, and all those wonderful things. You know, people wonder why we do it. I know the atheists, which I don't really believe in atheism. I think they're just (laughs) pre-Christian. Need to get them in a foxhole somewhere and pray with them, you know. Throw a hand grenade over their head. And I understand there are no atheists in foxholes. They all pray to the same God. But I know that many think that Christians are all about overindulging and commercialism and all that, that Christmas is all about. But really, for Christians, it's all because of a single event in human history, which outshines them all, isn't it? Remember, if you would, turn to Luke chapter 2, if you have your Bibles. A lot of people... Read their Bible on their device these days, and that's okay. The Lord knows if you're really checking your Facebook, or if you're reading the Bible. (laughs) Yeah, but yeah, you can check in on your Facebook here, so let people know you're here at Grace and Truth Church. Luke chapter 2, verse 10, you remember on the night the Lord was born, that the angels came and spoke to the shepherds out in the field. And in the 10th verse it picks up on that. And says. And the angel said to them. Fear not. For behold I bring you good news of great joy. That will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior. Who is Christ the Lord. Now the scripture right after that or two scriptures down, or three script, three scriptures down. The 14th verse picks up on the peace that came toward men from God through this birth. Today, we're going to... Last week, we focused on the peace of God. This week, we're going to look at the joy of the Lord. And next week, we're going to do the love of God. But you really can't separate all those. They're all together. But it's the peace, love, and joy series we're doing here. And... Uh, but that's the, that's the point of all this, is that single event, this Christmas season that we spend, that everyone looks so forward to, and we decorate, and we cook, and we send cards, and buy gifts, and have these precious memories. And as a Christian, I hope that we are spending more special time alone with the Lord, creating memories with Him. It's a good time to reflect on the things that... He has done in our lives, you know, and to focus on the track record of successes that he has in our lives. The times when it just looked so dreary, and and uh, times we maybe have uh, have been out of work, or or had a broken relationship, or um, uh, problems in our in our bodies, you know, and it just looked terrible. And we can remember the times that the Lord came through for us. Which is every time. Otherwise we wouldn't be here. Amen. (laughs) He doesn't always do things in our time. In our way. But he is faithful. And he is good. Amen. And I know. That I know. That I know. That he loves each and every one of us. So very much. And if he had it to do all over again to come to this world to step down from his throne in heaven and come and be born in an animal's food trough he would do it again but thanks be to God it's only a one time deal that one drop of that precious blood is more payment than we will ever need for anything that has been paid for on on our behalf. The hope that we have in him, the forgiveness that we have in him, our destiny, our home in heaven awaiting us, and all the blessings of this world, which I like to focus on a lot because the truth is many Christians, most Christians, are living way below their inheritance and we want to learn about the promises of God because through them, we become partakers of the divine nature. The Bible says that's what Peter taught us about. And that's a wonderful, wonderful opportunity. We saw a movie last night that has become my new favorite. It's called The Star. It's uh, I don't know if any of you have seen the advertisement for it. It's a, it's a cartoon. But... It's awesome. I'm gonna tell you right now. It's it's a, a cartoon about the 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 birth of of Jesus, and uh, so thus the star. But from these animals' perspective, and it is hilarious and awesome. And we saw it with my ne- my nephew and his wife and their their four-year-old daughter and their one-year-old daughter, and it was amazing. We laughed so hard. We were laughing all the way home today talking about it. So if you get a chance to go see the star. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. I guess it just came out. So we saw it. We saw it in Abilene at, a, at the movie theater in the mall, <laughs> which was kind of cool. But, you know, we don't do this Christmas thing as Christians because of the commercial things. I know that it can be fun to partake of all these things. We like the gifts, I like the cookies, I like the pecan pie. I like the smells and the sights and the sounds and I, I love all the the things that uh, people condemn as commercialism as long as they're not overdone. You know, that's all part of it to me. But also we like to send out cards to be a blessing to people and Make phone calls this time of year, you know, and, uh, and to try to reach out to those who are less fortunate or lonely, especially I would encourage you to do that. Think of someone, ask the Lord to lead you to someone who might be feeling very alone this year. Maybe someone in your family may, may very well not be. Maybe somebody you worked with once upon a time or, or somebody that's, that you, the Lord will bring it to your mind. Just pick up the phone when you think of these people and call them and just say, you know, I was just, I really believe the Lord put you on my heart. I want to call and just encourage you today and tell you I love you and remember these times we had together and and then take them out of those past times and point them to the future. Point them to what Jesus is doing right now in their life and what he has in store for them and give them a little kickstart if they need it. Because a lot of people get kind of stuck in a rut this time of year for some reason. And uh, what it is, is just a a lack of hope, you know, a lack of seeing uh, beyond uh, the things of the past. And as Christians, we should learn and practice to never let our memories be greater than our dreams. Amen. And we want to help others to do that. And sometimes that's what helps us get out of our rut, just go out and help somebody else. Uh, But. That's that's just a part of our new nature, our perfected spirit of God inside of us. that makes us want to give of ourselves. We well up with with joy and thankfulness and hope and kindness. All because of this single event, this marvelous event, God's promised salvation. Isn't that true? Our little four-year-old niece said, told me, she said, Uncle William... She said, "Jesus came and he died on the cross so we could go to heaven." I said, "That's right, baby. He sure did." I said, "That sums it up. <laughs> that sums it up right there." Out of the mouth of babes. <laughs> I was, you could have just sat her up here and said that, and that'd have been, you know, that—that's it. Every religion in the world, except for Christianity, is trying to earn their salvation. You realize that? To earn the acceptance of God, to earn relationship with God. And I'm afraid that millions of those that call themselves Christians, and they may be, they may go to heaven when they're, they're done here, but they're really trying to do the same. Trying to earn their salvation, this relationship with God. Trying to live by a certain set of of standards, I would say, or minimum requirements. (laughs) In order to earn the salvation or good standing with God. So in their minds, Christianity is really reduced to a life based upon behavior modification. I was talking about this this morning at breakfast, as a matter of fact. And that's a false narrative. That's not true. It's wrong believing. These people are measuring themselves. What happens? You begin to. If you're basing. If you see Christianity as a set of behavior modifications. And that's what the world sees. They see it as behavior, behavioral treatment. And you, they've decided to go live by the Ten Commandments. And so when they see you. That's why they start trying to find flaws in your character. Because they're comparing themselves. Although the Bible said. Those that compare themselves amongst themselves. Are not wise. We already compare ourselves to Jesus alone. And then when we, we. We try to measure ourselves up to that. God's holy and perfect standard. We find ourselves lacking. And so we realize. We better have a savior who is perfect. If we're not going to be perfect ourselves. And that's the point. You know these. These. If, if Christians are trying to live by a holy standard to earn their salvation, well, I got news for you. There are millions and millions of Muslims in this world that, that pray a lot more than most Christians I know. But you can't, you can't see what's on the inside based on the external activities. And that's the problem. That's what Jesus told the religious leaders of his day. He said they were whitewashed stones that the that they the uh, they they washed the cup, but the inside was still the outside of the cup, but the inside was still dirty. You know, you can't be good enough for God. It's either Christ or nothing. God sees you; He sees the seed of Adam corrupted and fallen or he sees the the last Jesus the last Adam which is Jesus Christ perfected and holy he doesn't see anything else it's one or the other christianity the real thing is just putting our trust in a savior this savior that came and was born in the manger Spent his life without sin. Died on the cross. Was buried. Resurrected from the dead. Ascended to the right hand of the Father. Gave all of his authority in this world to us. Sat down. But people are still trying to earn something that is only freely given. Every religion... In the world puts the burden of salvation on the the person's back. It's not what we do. For him, it's what he's done for us that really counts though. But the world doesn't know that. And because of that, they're all trying in their own way to earn relationship with God. And it leads to frustration, it leads to anger, it leads to legalism, it leads to blowing yourself up, it leads to throwing homosexuals off the roof and and drowning people in cages and doing all kind of weird stuff, killing children in the name of God. Can you imagine? How, How could you even think that that would be true? You have to be pretty far gone. But that's what, that's what every religion in the world... You see, we focus on this one particular one that I'm... You know what I'm talking about. Because it's so violent and so aggressive when they go extreme. But every religion in the world is just as dangerous for that believer. Because their eternal soul is resting on something that's False. It's just that this other one is dangerous to the whole world that they live in as well. <laughs> because the devil has convinced them that they need to to take some others out just to uh, earn his favor. And that's a really sick thing. You can't you can't make friends with that ideology. But you love the person. That's what that's why the world They don't understand Christianity because anything that we're against, they think we hate that person. No, I know everybody in here. Well, not everybody very well, but I know something about all of us that God is not excited about, probably. But he loves each and every one of us as much as he possibly can and 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 in turn i love each and every one of you with the love of god no judgment no condemnation does it mean that i accept the things that that may be wrong in your life no that's what we're that's what we're going to try to to get rid of together in love we're going to we're going to learn it away we're going to learn to believe the truth and get rid of the lie but meanwhile we're all in this together Loved and, and cherished children of God. And that's how we think of all those that don't know Him yet. We love them too. We love them and the world says we hate them. We love them. We, we want nothing more than for them to come to know this. About this event in history. This person who came. This God who came here to make a way. Not to be one of the ways. How foolish it is to think that all this happened. God arranged this amazing victory, political, religious, spiritual, and legal victory on our behalf at such an amazingly high cost just to give us options. Choose this way if you want. I know there's other ways, but... If you want, pick me and my son. (laughs) Come on. We need to help people to see this truth. Amen. We need to help people. And the Bible says love never fails. Romans 3.23 says, All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And that's why the law came to show that we're we're all guilty apart from the Lord Jesus Christ. James, the brother half brother of Jesus, James two ten says, "Whoever wants to keep the whole keep the law, if you want to live by the law, this is what this is what maybe would help some of those uh, people that want to blow themselves up to be accepted by God. To try to, they're trying to live according to a certain standard. Well, James James just set that aside. He said, listen, if, you, if you're trying to do that, you want to keep the law to earn your acceptance with God, remember, if you fail at just one point of it, you're guilty of it all. Now that will blow your mind. I mean, you know, because we tend to look around and go, well, you know, because I meet people all the time. Are, are you a Christian? Oh, you know, yeah, you know, I believe. I, I try to keep the Ten Commandments. That's what they always say. I say, really, what are they? They they might know too. But listen, if you're guilty of even one. And Jesus made it. He clarified. Then he said, he said, murder. He said, if you even angry enough at your brother to kill him, you don't have to do it. It's this still like you've already done it. What if you even looked at a woman, you've already what? <laughs> so he just went. It's like let me just let me just uh, turn up the heat on this a little bit. Quit calling yourself good, <laughs> and just turn to me, and, and you're going to be all right. That's all he was trying to drive us to the end of ourselves. <laughs> to quit trying to claim our holiness and goodness and just grab hold of his amen <laughs> just like the woman with the issue of blood it's like if i could just if i could just touch him and she was right and she was right because the wages of sin is death but i love it there's a semicolon it says but the gift of god a gift is something that's not earned is it if you come and give me 20 bucks, that's a gift. But not if I just uh, installed a new commode in your house this morning for it. You know, if I just mowed your yard and you're paying me, then it's no longer a gift. <laughs> the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Not through Buddha, not through Muhammad, through Jesus Christ our Lord. That's where it's available. That's the only place. Romans 10, 9. Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, what? You will be saved. I believe in living a holy life. And I do pretty good. I'm not comparing myself to anybody because that's foolish. The Bible says don't do that. But I know what He's brought me from. And i am telling you now, I do... Pretty good. So thankful. And the benefits of that. The benefits of that. They're amazing. See I'm now reaping a good harvest in my life. Based upon sowing properly. For a decade. There's seed. Time. And harvest. Amen. I just came, I've got a beautiful 90-acre field of wheat. We sowed the seed a couple months ago. Now we've got, we're spending time, and it's starting to see. We're starting to reap the benefits. We can, we're starting to see the reward that is on its way, but it's still going to take quite a bit of time. And we have to trust God to bring forth the increase and bring the rain. But we believe that there's going to be a harvest. A good one. So now I'm reaping based on sowing properly. After I had sowed so poorly. For many other decades. In my finances. In my health. In my work. In ministry. In relationships. In my mental well-being. All fruits of righteousness now. There are great benefits, a harvest from sowing proper seed in every area of my life over time and reaping a harvest in this life, not having to wait till the next. Living right reflects the nature of God and and gives me a good witness for Jesus and for his kingdom to build it up and to help others to see him and come to know him. Living holy slams the door on the devil. It it denies him access into your life. He's always looking for inroads into your life. And living properly, as God instructs in his word, he gives us, he lays it all out. Here's what you do. And we need to quit looking at it as a set of rules. Instead, see it as opportunity. This is how... I participate in God's system. And this is how he gets his provision to my life. You see? We don't want to give the devil that legal pathway. Because when we open the doors to him. When we sow seed of, seeds of death in our life. Anything that's in opposition to God's way and his will then we're giving a legal right for the enemy to come into that particular area of our life and to reap, you know, to sow his seed and to reap a harvest of death and destruction. The good thing about being a Christian is we can believe for crop failure now. When we realize that we've gotten off course a little bit with the Lord, we can get our shovel. And go into our prayer closet and repent and get things good with our Lord. And just dig up that negative seed before it ever takes root and bears fruit. Amen. Amen. <laughs> and as long as you keep coming here, we're going to replace it with lots of good fruit. Lots of good seed, I mean. To help you to reap a harvest of good fruit in your life. Lasting fruit. Which is what the Lord's after. Amen. Amen. So, living holy, yes, it, it reaps rewards in this life. There are benefits to it. When I was sowed corrupt seed in my former life, I was reaping a harvest of, of death and destruction. And it took a while, even after I came to the Lord, I wanted things fixed right away. <laughs> but I saw I still had some harvests coming in. So remember that there's seed time and harvest. We need to be patient. And to but to trust God's way and his and and his will for our life, because there are definitely rewards. Because living holy will pay dividends. God's not going to be out given, is he? That's right. right. (laughs) So we're rewarded for our obedience. But the point of that is to say this. We are rewarded for our obedience, but not with salvation not with salvation not with relationship with God we're already in that we already had those that was a free gift when we put our trust in Lord our Lord Jesus Christ amen why is it important to know the difference because when when I when I'm not doing right and there'll be times when I when I I don't, I'm not giving like I should. I'm going to always, thank God, I'm going to always give of my finances. uh, uh, But I mean, I may even slip up in that. I I may not give of myself properly. I may not be loving my wife as I should. You know, anybody want to say they they are? (laughs) You know, I hope, hopefully we're all doing pretty good, but I guarantee you we could do more. You know people come to me and they and they think you know they want me to marry them and and uh and I've got a pretty good success rate, but I tell them, listen, you know they're like, well, we know we we get it you know <laughs> married it's it's fifty fifty I said, no, you're wrong, it's a hundred 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 what <laughs> You give 100% of yourself to that person with no regard to what they give to you. What? Wait a minute. Listen, the reason I do that is because most people go into these relationships based on what that person can do for me kind of love. I love what they do for me. I love. (laughs) and, And that's not love. God's love is outward. And so until we recognize that, we're not going to be perfected in it, uh, probably in this life or even in our marriage. But we need to understand that, that it's all about the sowing and reaping. And if we are giving or being good to someone on the basis of reciprocity, now I'm expecting something back. That's not God's way. When I give, when I'm participating in God's plan for sowing and reaping, I'm giving of myself, of my finances, to whoever. I may decide, the Lord may tell me, man, go and go and bless George with a new suit. I don't know, just whatever. You know, we're out one day, hey George, man, let's run into this tailor shop here and just... On, man, me, I want to bless you with that. The Lord just put it on my heart. And I want to give you that. Now, if I, the next time I see a nice pair of boots that I want, and I'm hanging out with George, and I start, you know, man, I've already let him know I like these boots. I and mean, he better remember I bought him that suit. If I'm expecting him to return that gift to me, that's, that's not God's plan. I gave it to him, and I've forgotten it. I did it out of love, but and now I know that God is going to give me a harvest, and it doesn't have to be from George. God can cause it to be from anybody. You see? That's the beauty of it. I don't have to worry about how George treats me. I did it because I love George, and I heard God, and that's it. I've forgotten about it. I don't expect anything from George, and he doesn't owe me anything. but watch and see if somebody doesn't come and give me 10 suits and they will because that's how God works and it works the same in our relationships and and everything that's just an example of how because the the principle of sowing and reaping God said seed time and harvest that's going to be as long as the as long as the sun keeps coming up that's how it's going to be and so I believe it and I participate in that and it, and it lets me off the hook because I don't live a life of expectation from someone else, demanding of them, because what we generally do is demanding happiness and things like that, that people don't even have the ability to give us. Jesus is the source of all of that. The joy of the Lord is my strength. That's my strength. And what was the joy of the Lord? He despised the shame of the cross because of the joy that was set before Him. You and me. Because He was sowing Himself as a seed and he, He... He ignored the ridicule, the shame, everything else, because he knew that God is faithful and he was sowing himself and he was going to reap a harvest. Sowing the Christ, reaping Christians, little Christ, millions of them. He saw you. Remember when Jesus saw the, the woman at the well, He told her, "I am I am the Messiah." She goes, "I know when the Messiah comes, he's going to tell us, he said, "That's me. I'm him." He wasn't just a good man, which is what the Muslims believe, although they' will kill you for believing in him.) <laughs> I'm not picking on anybody. I'm just trying to let you see how ridiculous these ideologies are. I don't care. You could give me any religion in the world and some that have crosses hanging in their facilities. And I don't hate any of them. I love them all. But wrong thinking. The Lord said, my people are perishing for a lack of knowledge. What he meant was a lack of knowing me, the real me. That's why my book is entitled The Real Jesus. How I came to know him and you can too. And the hardest part for, for Christians is to get past the title of that book. Most of them won't pick it up because the title is offensive to them. And that's pride. That's pride. <laughs> Boy, I've gotten so far off track, I don't even know how to get back where I was going today. The Lord, <laughs> I was sitting there praying, Lord, I, you know, I don't care what I had for today. Please speak to your people. And I've seen that he's been doing that. I've been watching you guys and, and I'm happy for that. But just to finish up on that thought, you know, he told the woman at the well, he said, you know, I am the Messiah. I am He. Who you speak of. Jesus told her. As he's telling everybody. In the world today. I am. I am the one. I am the Messiah. The giver. Of eternal life. Of living water. Now there's a choice to be made. And for every person who lives. They're going to be judged on their answer. To that question. Their choice is in this life regarding the Son of God. When they meet Him face to face, it's going to be too late. Because He's the one who's going to determine their eternal destiny. And the choice can't be made after you've passed from this life to the next. You either have to put your complete trust in what He did for you. Not what you do for him, or you have to disavow him and try it your own way. Like all the other false religions of the world. James chapter two shows us that true Christianity is more than just believing Jesus as the Son of God and that he exists, because even demons do that. James two James two nineteen and twenty says, You believe that there is one God Good. It's the most sarcastic scripture in the Bible. Good. Even demons believe that. That's what he said. And they shudder. At least they're afraid. You foolish person, he said. Do you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? Once we truly believe who He is and what He's done for us, then the obvious expectation... Is that we will commit our life to him. Right? But some have trouble relinquishing control in this life. Thinking that they're losing out on something. But we're never going to lose by choosing God. Romans 10.9 says if you confess with your mouth that the Lord Jesus and, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead you'll be saved. But it's not just in saying a prayer that we're saved, but in following through with the heartfelt commitment that says Jesus is on the throne of my life. He's in charge now. I'm going to embark on a life governed by my new king. My way is finished and his way has begun in my life. And I'm not going to do it perfectly, but I'm willing to be conformed to his likeness. I'm willing to be perfected you know i'm willing to blast off in that direction and allow him to make course corrections every 10 minutes of my life until i get home to my final destination with my heavenly bridegroom amen i'm gonna make mistakes but god is merciful he's loving he's kind he's forgiving and compassionate and i'm gonna trust that he who began a good work in me Will carry me all the way to completion. That's what he promised. When I see him face to face. John 3.3 3 says you have to be born again. Isn't that what he told Nicodemus when he came to him at night? And that's what this heartfelt commitment really ushers in to our life and to our being. We've passed from death unto life Now. John 5, 24, we've gone from an old dead tree, an old thorn bush (laughs) to a living tree, which bears fruit. And this fruit should be evident in our lives. And that's what's going to help others to know the real Jesus, the love, first of all, that we have one for another. Isn't that what Jesus said that would help people to recognize us as his? And the fact that we're obedient to his ways. And, and to watch as we live the abundant life that he's promised. And we give him all the glory and all the credit for it. And we're not prideful. We don't take credit for anything. We give it all to him. And people say, well, in that case, I want that. <laughs> Instead of looking at Christians and say, no, man, I got enough problems in my home. I don't need that. <laughs> you know? So that's what I would ask that we consider during this holiday season because the truth is, as real Christians, it's not all about us. It's not about commercialism. And we don't think like that. We don't feel like that. Really, our biggest hope and desire is that we that God would use us and that we will fulfill His purpose. And most of the time, we just Trying to find out what it is that he really wants for our lives. Trust me, it's attainable. Ephesians 5 and 10 says, find out what pleases the Lord. That means you can. And the best thing you can do is help to build the kingdom of God. By letting others see Christ in you. That's the hope of glory. Amen. Well, I'm going to leave it at that today. I thank you all and thank God for you. I think we've made a mark today, somehow. I think I preached myself happy anyway. (laughs) I'm going to go let somebody see my light. I'm not going to hide it under a bushel, amen? Amen. Come on, fellas, up here. Play us out of here. God bless you all. Pray with me. Dear Lord, thank you so much for this... Precious word, your word, your truth, just reminding of us of who you are and and how much you care for us, how much you love us, how much you want good things for us, good fruit in our lives. We thank you, Lord, that we do believe that, that your provision is in your promises. Therefore, we believe that by Jesus' stripes we were healed, that we are prosperous, that you... Desire above all things that we be in good health and, and prosper even as our soul prospers. We thank you for that and we thank you for Christmas, the Christ in Christmas. We thank you, Lord, for coming to this, this world and being treated in such a terrible way. Just to save us and give us a way back to you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.